Welcome to Pre-Arb Excellence, a bottoms-up Cubs podcast in tune with the team's pipeline. From minor leagues, results and development, the draft, international signings, and anything that helps lead to Pre-Arb Excellence. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Bets Trade and the Cubs, which focuses on, well, I think you kind of figured that one out. If you have any questions about this episode or anything else, ask me through the app at Tim815 on Twitter or at Pre-Arb Excellence on Facebook. I'm about education. If I can educate someone on the minutia of Major League Baseball today, I've done something right. Normally I do a whole bunch of prep work, writing stuff down, hinting to myself. Today, not so much. Overnight, the baseball world was shaken to life by a swap that included, I think I have this right, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Twins, the Angels, the Bilderbergers, the Trilateral Commission, the Percy Faith Orchestra, and the Inter Milan Football Club. I think I have that right. The Dodgers ended up getting Mookie Betts and David Price and gave up what a lot of people are saying wasn't very much. It's horrible. Well, yes and no. Big market teams are trying to stay under the 208 million mark. You might like that, you might detest it, you might think that a $3 billion organization ought to spend more than that. The reality is, since 2017 started, there are talent-based penalties for going over limits. As of now, one of those limits is 208. After the trade, the Red Sox were under 208 million. That was their one of their goals. They wanted to get under 208 million. They also wanted to get something in return for Mookie Betts, who was a free agent, and there weren't a whole lot of teams that could afford him. The way the trade went, Dodgers were able to offload talent on other teams, Minnesota, California and stay under 208 themselves. That is the goal. The Dodgers want to stay under 208. The Red Sox want to stay under 208. The Cubs want to get under 208. Again, you might not like that. And you're completely permitted to be upset if 208 is too small for you. That said, for most teams, that's the plan. Stay under 208. If you go over 208, there are penalties for doing that. For instance, the Yankees were over last year. They signed Garrett Cole as a free agent, which probably puts them in the over 250 range this year, unless they make any trades. So good for them. Knock yourself out. 
by signing coal after having been over last season, they lose a second and a fifth round draft choice instead of just a second round draft choice. Now, you can say, well, that's not very much. And you're very possibly correct. But it's a punishment. It's a punishment for going over a limit. Also, since the Yankees were over last year and they signed Derek Cole, their international pool will be reduced by one million. Had they not been over, it would have only been 500,000. Well, I don't care about international spending. Fair enough. However, it is a punishment. The collective bargaining agreement is coming due soon. And unless you're a whole lot more clairvoyant than I am, you probably have no idea what the punishment will be in, for instance, 2024 for going over the limit. And yes, there will be a limit. Perhaps it'll be a second and a fifth when you sign a qualifying free agent. Maybe it'll be $500,000 extra if you sign a qualifying free agent. Or maybe it will be more. 23 of 30 owners have to agree before a collective bargaining agreement is signed. 23 of, 25, uh, 23 of 30. There are a lot more smaller market teams than big market teams. And it's kind of like the U.S. Senate like that. Every team gets one vote. It's not a case of the Yankees get seven votes and the Cubs get five votes and the Red Sox get six votes and the Rays and the A's and the Indians and the Twins all get to fight over one vote. No, every team gets one vote. So any agreement has to be amenable to the small market teams or it's dead on arrival. The small market teams want an opportunity to sign the big name free agents. The best way for them to get that is to have there be a punishment or a series of punishments for going over on spending limits. This trade that was pulled off last night was largely pulled off because spending limits matter. Spending limits are important. Whether you want them to be or not, they are to the owners and they are to the executives. The owners and executives are more important than me. Another interesting thing about the trade is, again, most people are saying the Dodgers got the best end of the deal. That would be a lane. They can stay in that lane for as long as they like and completely good with it. They can say the Dodgers got the best end of the deal and stick with that forever. I have no problem with that. However, if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year, and Betts signs elsewhere, 
they ended up trading what they traded for one year of a player that doesn't bring them a World Series title. And, in case you haven't noticed, the New York Yankees are a really good team, too. So, is it going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers that win the World Series? Well, there's a third possibility. It might not be the Yankees or the Dodgers. It could be one of the other 28 teams. You give me the option, you give me the choice of the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the somebody else, I will take the somebody else. Even though the Yankees and the Dodgers made rather big moves that make them look really good right now. If the Dodgers don't win the World Series and Alex Verdugo ends up being quite successful for the Red Sox, all the people that said the Dodgers won the trade last night and this morning, are they going to turn on their blinkers and say, oh, I was wrong when I said the Dodgers won the trade. It turns out that the Red Sox won the trade, or the Twins won the trade, or the Angels won the trade, or the Percy Faith Orchestra won the trade, or FC Milan won the trade. Be honest about when you change your mind, say you're changing your mind, and potentially say why. Because we lack honesty in our society, or at least we don't have quite enough. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I'm enjoying bringing it to you. There are two ways you can help extend the reach of the podcast. Share the link with a friend, a like-minded friend who kind of likes the Cubs. I check every day to see how many followers I have. As the numbers go up, as they did today, I'm happy. Secondly, Anchor allows sponsorships for podcasts. If you're interested in helping out in that fashion, thanks for considering it. The second part of the bets trade is how it plays with the Cubs. In theory, it possibly doesn't, but in reality, cost control in baseball is important. Maybe it didn't used to be. Maybe it didn't used to be when you grew up. Maybe you liked seeing baseball cards that had players playing an entire 16-year career all on one team. There were good parts about that. There were very bad parts about that, both of them. As of now, teams have realized it's really helpful to have two, three, four, five players who are making five hundred, six hundred, $700,000 a year. $500,000, $600,000, $700,000 a year. There we go. They're playing well. That's more useful than having one or two players who are highly expensive and doing well. When the Cubs won the World Series, they had Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, Kyle Hendricks, and Javier Baez all making 
less than a million dollars a year. That same year, Anthony Rizzo was making $5 million a year. So between those nine players, they got all that value out of less than $10 million. Teams want young players in the pre-arbitration seasons, preferably, who are really good at playing baseball. Those are the ones they want to draft, sign internationally, trade for, heck, pick up off of waivers if they're available. The teams that develop low-cost talent are going to be the ones that play into October. The ones that keep them playing well in October are the ones that are going to have a better shot at winning the championship at raising the trophy, at having a parade. As much as people want Chris Bryant or Javier Baez to be Cubs for life, which might be a good thing in some cases. The 208 number, it will go up, but it's not going away. Owners are going to want to be below the number in general. Why? Imagine for a moment that the Cubs, instead of having contracts tied up in Jason Hayward, Tyler Chatwood, Craig Kimbrell, etc., etc., instead of being around 209 or 212 or 214 or wherever they are, what if the Cubs, as comprised as they are, were at 160 million and their budget was 208? They could have traded for Mookie Betts and taken on David Price and, in the process, traded away Tyler Chatwood if they have to. Teams are best served having quality low-cost talent by any fashion possible. It help, It makes it easier to make trades, makes it easier to extend players. Everything is made easier in the 2020s in Major League Baseball if you are financially below 208 or whatever the number is for the ownership group. Some ownership groups put the number at 140 or 160. But for the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Cubs, if not the Yankees, that number's 208. To be able to take advantage of a team, and the Dodgers did, when they have to sell, and someone's always going to have to sell. Always. Someone is always going to be looking to get rid of that one player who's actually kind of good because he's making more than they want to pay him. That's always going to happen. To be able to take advantage of that, how can a team best do that? First off, they need to have a lot of low-cost 
quality talent, through the draft, through international waters, through trades, through whatever. If they have a whole bunch of low-cost talent, they have flexibility. They can spend the pittance on those players and more on the players that they need. And if they're in the 150-160 range, like the Astros were when they went for Garrett Cole and when they went for Justin Verlander, if you're below, makes it a whole lot easier to make a trade. And you can say, sure, I'll pay every single penny of his contract because I can. And you don't have to surrender talent because you're too close to your spending limit. Mookie Betts' trade was interesting watching it come through. It's not an isolated case. Money matters. Money matters now. Money is going to matter later. And the sooner we get used to it, the better we can deal with it. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arbet Sucks. I appreciate it. And you press subscribe or press play. My goal is to be a go-to in the Hubs player development discussion. Ask me questions here. Tim815 on Twitter. Next time, I'll have another episode, and hopefully you'll consider it worth your time. Until then, enjoy, and be nice to people.